This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Offside by a mile, the podcast for anything and everything Colorado Avalanche, and the official Avs podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, another episode of Offside by a Mile. Uh, Jared and myself, Tyler, are in studio this week. Brett is producing, as usual, it seems. Uh, could the Avalanche hook Frankie up or... They like, just they just like to, you know, put far more pressure on his back than needed. We should be talking about back-to-back Frankie shutouts today. You know what? That's kind of true. We legitimately should be talking about back-to-back Frankie shutouts. He was unbelievable on Wednesday and Friday. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, we, uh, you know, like usual, positive Wednesday vibes while we recorded. Yeah. Got, got the job done in Philly, or, well, against Philly. Mm-hmm. And then, as kind of expected, Jersey came and went without two points. Yeah. They didn't fall into the trap. And by they, I mean Frankie. <laughs> yeah. Because that game was full of breakaways and full of junk. Full of breakdowns. Frankie was a beast. Yeah, absolute stud. And deserved a goose egg. And deserved... He deserved at least one in the last two games. He deserved a shutout at least once. Like, right. I don't I don't think that's crazy to say. And it yeah. drives me insane. It's yeah. dri- it's driving me nuts because the man is on fire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you can't say enough about how the way he's played, you know, filling in for Grubauer when he's been out these last you know, this last little bit. Uh yeah, he's he's uh he's uh you know, out outdone expectations this year so far. And yeah really solidified both these games for the Avs. So let's start with Jersey or sorry, Philly. It's all weird and wonky in my brain. Cause it was Wednesday and we recorded Wednesday. So I feel like we did it already. Right. Philly Carter Hart, Carter Hart and Frankie were excellent. Yeah. Dueling it out. Excellent. Yeah. What a game. Uh, the Avs deserve to win, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But at the same time, Frankie played great. Mm-hmm. And you could have said the same almost for Philly, too. Yeah. They didn't have nearly as many grade-A chances, I feel, as uh, the Avs. Because going back and watching highlights, we watched the game. like we, wa- we recorded, then we watched the game together. But going back and refreshing my memory with the highlights... Mm-hmm. It feels like the Avs should have had 40 shots. Yeah. In that game. And they didn't. But Carter Hart made so many 10 bellers. Oh, did he ever? Yeah. Obviously, the one at the end of the second is unbelievable. Just an amazing flash of the leather. That glove save was out of this world. Definitely one of the top 10 saves of the year so far. In and there's my been opinion. some crazy saves. There has year. been. 
I love it. Um, but yeah, you know, first period, five minutes in, Mr. Matt Calvert, who's having a, just a hell of a season, pretty much like he's like a different player than we've ever seen putting up this, you know, depth offense on this fourth line, which has been absolutely rock solid for this team. Whoever, whatever iteration of it that we get, mostly it's, you know, Calvert, Belmar, and whoever, Nishushkin or Nieto. But my God, they put up so much energy and just the forecheck is relentless and pucks to the net. That's the biggest thing I see with that line is they put on that forecheck and then it's immediately when they have a chance to get that puck to the net, it's it's in there. It's They're creating some kind of chaos in front. Well, remember what we said on Thursday's episode about screens. Yeah. That's exactly what they do here on Carter Hart. Puck goes off the post. Looks like it's a goal because it was a perfect shot. Right. Just smashes the post. Classic Avs fashion. More posts. Like, <laughs> hit the post as, like, he could not have hit it any less and not scored. Right. That puck comes straight sideways out of the net. Mm-hmm. And Calvert's just right place, right time, puts it in with nice a pretty backhand. good shot. Yeah, nice little backhand, tuck it in behind him. That was, yeah. But again, it's a lot of traffic in a game where Carter Hart was really good. Yeah. Yeah, all night. All, all night he was really good. And you get the traffic in front, doesn't see it clean, doesn't make the stop. It's a great shot. Posting out is, as goalies will tell you, you know, that's all I gave him, gave him to shoot at. Yeah. Well, it pretty much was all he gave him to shoot at still with the screen and everything. Yeah, it's true. And Calvert puts it in like a beauty and deserves it. Deserves every little garbage goal he gets. Right. Because the man works hard. Oh, does he ever? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, you know, probably the hardest working Av night in, night out. Like, he's one of the noticeable guys that is putting in 110 percent effort you know you love to hear that it's a cliche (laughs) but he does you know so it's always nice to see him get rewarded and you know they're having a hell of a year the addition of belmar too is just oh that fourth line i just love watching them it's gonna pay so many dividends especially come playoffs like they're just they're so formed for that type of hockey you want to talk about a, a line that's going to be the difference in the playoffs? This is the one. Yeah, for sure. Right. You know, shut down, get the energy. You can put this line out against anybody. Yeah. You can take just, you know, you got matchup in the playoffs. Like you got line, like you have home ice. You can put out whoever you want on the board or over the boards. You put this line out when the other team throws out their first line and their top D pair. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who McKinnon gets to play against now? Right. Not them. Yeah. Right. And you're not worried for your life while these guys are on the ice at all. Right. They're pretty, def- like, really defensively responsible, too. And half the time, it's in the other end gonna anyway. Say, they're going to play defense in the offensive zone. Right. That's how they grind it down. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, next up is the gong show with 441 left in the period. Oh, yeah. Uh, Should have been in the back of the net. Nieto, the puck squirts out to him on the side of the net. Looks like... At first glance, the Carter Hart makes another outstanding save, which it was good. Yeah. But Nieto misses most of the puck and gets like 10% of it and just it just gets to Carter Hart. If he would have legitimately got a piece of that and Carter Hart makes that save, oh, my God. It makes the other one look bad. <laughs> yeah. But he keeps it out, and it's it, – watching the broadcast, you're like, 
uh, that that puck's in the net, right? Like, there's no way it's not in the net, right? And then you watch the other view, and you're like, oh, really? Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But, again, another hard-working shift. This time for, I believe, the third line? Uh, Yeah, I think it was Joe's comp for Nieto. I think think for most of the night, Nieto was playing with that line. Yeah. Which, you know, that's been another decent line at this point with Jost and Comfort really kind of you know getting back to where they should be as we've kind of talked about yeah Um, but yeah it's good and right before the end of the period Tyson Jost another hammering of the post yeah classic again another nice play like tons of really good passing on this play gets to Jost he cranks it off the post yeah this time, it was not all Carter Hart gave him to shoot at because Carter Hart got passed around. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, as he shoots it and hits the post, it almost bounces back to him. And then he almost, like, bats it in with his glove, which <laughs> kind of would have been funny. But end of, the, end of the first, it's one nothing, And the Avs had all the pressure. Oh, definitely. Like, all of it. Out shooting them 13 to 8. Yeah, it was a and it was like, solid, solid start period. It was like seven chances to probably two <laughs> yeah realistically yeah frankie played well in the first but mm-hmm. did what he had to. he didn't have as much uh going on the second period on the other hand the avs came out flat as a pancake did they ever that was one of the worst periods we've watched if this not season. if not the worst you know maybe one of the uh, yeah there could have been a period or two in that blues game early on in the season but yeah, this was uh, not a good look, and I don't really know what was going on. We were we were both just kind of like, what? Like, what's going on? It here? was like nine minutes almost without a shot. Yeah, for the Avs. yeah. And the Flyers just kept coming, kept coming, kept Which, coming, kept coming. Kudos to the Flyers because they're playing some good hockey right now. Like that was no slouch of a team to play against. They really dominated the Avs throughout the second period until later on. When you have a guy like Carter Hart, because it, it's Philly. Philly in a nutshell is generally a team that they do enough with their skaters. They do enough. Sometimes their D is not the hottest, but it's generally goaltending that lets them down. Over the years. Carter yeah. Hart did not do that on Wednesday night. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, I think they've really which, got that new franchise goalie, which we kind of got a peak last year, and everyone's like, ooh, ooh. Hart. And hell yeah, dude, this guy is no slow. But then there's always that little, in the back of your mind, how are they going to ruin this guy? Which, (laughs) at the start of the season, you're like, did they ruin this guy too? Are you serious? Right. But he's back, and he's figuring it out. But again, they're a very heavy-duty contender in the East Mm -hmm. if they have goaltending. Right. And Brian Elliott and Carter Hart have been really solid this, like, the last, I don't know, month, month and a half. Yeah. It seems like once they turned it around. But again, Philly's get Philly puts up seventeen shots in the second to the five that Avs put up. Hemming in the Avs and the Avs frequently basically got those in the last half of the second. Oh, for sure, right? It's like you know, the Avs just weren't weren't awake somehow all of a sudden, and they needed some kind of wake up call. And your boy and who who else? Pavel Francos shuts the door, keeps the Avs in it, keeps them up yeah, one nothing for sure. Carter Hart. At 6.22 in the second period, left, absolutely denies Rantanen. Oh. Absolutely denies him. 
disgusted is the word I the, could look for after the that. The meme, whatever gif of Rantan's face after just smiling was <laughs> primo. It's, that's all you can really do at that point. It's like, you didn't you didn't mess it up, Miko. You just got freaking owned. I mean, you <laughs> could have put it bar down, bud. Yeah, well, come on, man. <laughs> Moose, let's go. No. <laughs> However, uh, I don't know if that was worthwhile for Carter Hart because... He gets his secondary chance and buries it. Yeah, he wasn't mistaken that time, but yeah. Uh, I, th- I can't remember. Was it Gerard who makes the beauty stretch pass? Comfer. A comfer. Yeah. Which is odd from back there. Right. I remember like watching it and trying to like catch the name like the name bar on that. I'm going, who was that? I forgot to write it down. Yeah. But beauty stretch pass ran and goes in mostly alone and just. To McKinnon. Yeah, right. You mean? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And then to Rantanen, and it's just and tap just in. nice, nice cross-crease pass, pretty much from the corner. Just, you know, what else would you expect from Nate McKinnon? Yeah. Just a beautiful pass, and, you know, perfect little target for him by Miko. Just easy little tip-in pass. And then beautiful. falls down and destroys Carter Hart. It's just to <laughs> yeah. rub the salt in the wound. For, right. Hey, I know you robbed me once, but. Screw you, man. Yeah. Uh, that seems like it's the end of the second period, except for Kevin Hayes earning his $7 million, I guess, just absolutely dangles the shit out of the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, yeah. But then dangles himself out of room, and Frankie just kind of drops down, covers the bottom of the net, and makes the save. Yeah. But, man, that was some really nice hands in tight for Kevin Hayes. For sure. That's probably a good sign for them, too. They need him to get going a little bit more. They're paying him a lot of money to be... Make- a difference maker yeah make it worth it um but yeah you know after that basically right after that ranton and goal in the second period the entire avalanche were like oh right i guess we should start playing hockey again because you know we're up to nothing we probably shouldn't be and then all of a sudden back to you know same old same old just giving her seen this goal before yeah three nothing avs uh, fairly early in the se- uh, in the third, mm-hmm. uh, Caudry behind the net, decent play to keep the puck in the zone and stuff at the blue line from uh, Rosen. Mm-hmm. Down to Caudry behind the net and Rantanen just. <sighs> if this was an Avalanche play, we'd say the defense blew the coverage, <laughs> right? But because it's an Avalanche goal, we're like, oh, Rantanen found a soft spot. Yeah, uh, Rantanen just finds himself open beside the net, and it's inexcusable from. Uh, Niskanen, I believe, who is right. who left him open. But mm-hmm. Miko Rantanen's pretty good. You might want to cover the guy. Yeah. And, you know, that's his spot. That's something that we've kind of, well, that I've noticed and I've missed from Rantanen when he was injured. The guy is, like, magical at getting to the front of the net and not missing opportunities yeah. like that. Like, he's he's got a nose for the front of the net there, and it's just... When you got someone like McKinnon and, well, I guess you could say Kadri on that play. When you got playmakers like that and you can get open and they know that you're not going to miss, it's, uh, it's a good situation to be in. For sure. Which, okay, so that's, what time was that in the third? About two and a half in, yeah. So the, re- the rest in. of the third is heavy abs, but... Good saves on both ends of the, and the ends of the rink. Mm-hmm. Carter Hart's keeping the Flyers in it. It is three nothing, so they're, you know, looking for something. But yeah. Carter Hart doesn't blow this for them. Right. 
Frankie, on the other hand, just continues to keep the goose egg on the board until, like I said, if this was the other way around, we'd be stoked about this goal from the Avs. <laughs> but again, it's a shitty bounce off the side of the net. And then Giroud just finds it in front, and there's just nobody playing defense. Yeah. Just, ah, here you go. Have it. And Frankie's shutout's gone, and the guy that deserves a shutout in this game doesn't get one. Yeah. And you're just like, man, guys, like, come on. You gotta gotta give him one. Yeah. He hooked you guys up with such a good game. Seriously. And that's the one that breaks it. Yeah. And if you think this one's bad, just wait till Jersey. Oh, seriously. Yeah, you know, both these games weren't terrible, but they could have been a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Um, But, you know, the whole thing that we've been saying all year, good teams win games like this, where maybe they didn't play the greatest. Doesn't matter. Still winning. We also, I think, talked on Thursday about the fact that good teams find secondary goalie options. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a surprise to us, but Francois has shown up on the scene as a very cheap option as your secondary, like as your backup goalie. For sure. And shown you how fantastic he can be and how well he can fill in for Gruby when he's not around, whether it's injuries like he's got now, which holding my breath, I'd say Gruby starts on Monday. Yeah, because he did back up. Francois, I uh, yeah, believe, on I believe. Friday. So, yeah. Where I think Werner was the backup goalie on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's it's the every it's just like having depth in your skating lineup. You need depth in the goaltending lineup because injuries happen. You they need just depth do. everywhere, right? I I'm not saying Gruby's injury prone. <sighs> I'm not gonna say that yet. But hopefully not. But while, like having the amount of confidence we have in Frankie is just unbelievable. Right. It gives you that extra, you know, yeah, that extra confidence. After Friday's game, Francois is 9-2-1 and one this season with a 2.26 and a 9.32 yeah. save percentage. See, that's the big thing, right? 9.32 for a rookie. Yeah. He's absolutely fire this year. He's almost played as many minutes. Well, sorry, not almost. Like, Gruby's at about 1,000 minutes, but Frankie's at 750. Yeah, he's not had, like, a light workload by any means. Yeah, like, it's not like he's played five games and he's got a 932. Yeah. That's a lot of hockey. Yeah. And in the last two games, it's not an easy workload either. Right. Especially with some of the defensive breakdowns that the Avs were kind of... Or, sorry, uh, Wednesday with Philly, like, there was some bad ones. Friday in Jersey, we're going to get to it, but it was breakaway after breakaway after breakaway. Breakaway fest. On Friday night. Like, the dude is, he's doing way more than just getting you through. Right. And it's so amazing. Yeah. For sure. The silly cider. The silly cider. (laughs) Pierre called him on Wednesday. I love you. (laughs) I don't know if anybody caught it, but I tweeted about it. Uh, I believe Adrian Dater said something along the lines of, he misses Pierre and he, he thinks he's good. And I do too. I I really like Pierre Maguire. Yeah. He's just weird. And if you get past the fact that he's a bit odd, he he has some really good insights. Yeah. The silly cider stuff it made me laugh. But you're just like, man, like, can you just call him a righty or something like normal? <laughs> yeah. 
But like some no. of his some of his like background info and some of his analysis is really really good. He does his damn research, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he knows everything about everybody. He probably knows Francois's mother's name and where she and went to probably school. Probably like met her somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a weird dude, but he's smart. Yeah. Um. So that's Wednesday night's game. I think we can all like. Was it was it the game we were hoping like domination wise of a team like Philly? No. But at the same time, they're good. They're a good hockey team. Yeah. They, you're, you don't you don't get to dominate teams like that generally. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk to Tom from the Blue Notes Pod about the game on Monday night coming up mm-hmm. against the Blues. Like. Nobody's expecting the Avs to go in there and dominate the Blues. Yeah. Would it be nice? Yeah. Yeah. Would it also be nice to not make your goalie just stand on his head? Yeah. Also, yes. But you might need both of those things. Exactly. You know, got a pretty decent uh, St. Louis team over there with, you know, obviously some good players and Mr. Jordan Bennington. So, you know. They've kind of had an interesting little stretch as kind of, you know, you'll hear from Tom later on in the episode. But coming off a big third period comeback, they're going to be a hungry team here. Of course, it's a damn important game atop the central. Whatever, Whoever wins this game is going to be leading that division at the end of the night, I guess, unless it goes to overtime. Uh, Such is but, true. But, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be surprised if it does go to overtime. Before we get there, we better finish up with the Jersey game from Friday. Yep. Now this again, we said on Thursday night or on Thursday's episode could have been a trap game. Mm-hmm. The Avs did not come out like that. One important note, and if you watch the game, you know Taylor Hall was kept out of the lineup for precautionary reasons. Right. That was terrifying for two reasons. Because a, you're like seen this before where a team just drops a player off. You're like, ah, you can stay here. Yeah. Right. We're making a trade with Colorado. The one go across the, the one thing that gave me a little bit of calming sensation was there was not a single player left out of the Avs lineup. Mm-hmm. And there was not a single player left out of the Colorado Eagles lineup either. Right. If that would have happened, I would have been freaking out. Yeah. I think it's safe to say now that we're kind of out of the 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 lead in this trade rumor mm-hmm. situation. From or what at least headlining it. Yeah, you know? from what we've kind of been seeing, that it, it seems as if the Avs are no longer a front runner. It seems like Arizona may be a front runner. That may change, but I still believe that Joe Sackick is a smarter guy than making this trade. I think so. I look forward to seeing Bone Byram. Uh, in an abs uniform. I yeah. look forward to seeing Connor Timmins in an abs uniform. That's the future of the, the blue newest line right rumor. There. The newest rumor is Zadorov. Yeah. And you have got to be kidding me. He just turned into the guy that I said the abs need. Right. A defensive defenseman. He just turned into a shutdown guy. Mm-hmm. All, in the last, what, month? Yeah, realistically, they started giving him kind of those more man-on-man roles. Those, those hey, you're... Shutting down the biggest guy on the ice mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. And he's done a hell of a job. Yeah. There's a reason the Avs are 8-1-1 one, and one in the last 10. Absolutely. It's all, yeah. It's everybody buying into this, you know, their role, for and sure. And Francois. Oh, <laughs> hands down. 100%, yeah. So, getting into the Jersey game that we said was a breakaway fest. Yeah. Now, it's an gen- interesting game. That's not exactly the most shut down defensive game. 
Yeah, you have, yeah. generally speaking. Breakaways in the NHL are generally hard to come by. Yeah, usually, right? I think there was about five in this one. Yeah. Uh, we'll start it off. The first goal of the night is exactly what I want to see on the power play. Oh, exactly. Exactly what I like. And now, okay, this is this is a really nice goal. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's like I need this to be the power play goal every time. But right. this is chemistry that we haven't seen in a while on the power play where Gerard, nice little one-touch pass to McKinnon, one-touch pass to Landy, and it's a one-timer in the back of the net. Yeah, right in the mm-hmm. slot too, you know, spreading the penalty kill out a little bit. Yeah. Nice, quick, tape-to-tape passes. Bing, 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 bam. Tic-tac, bam. Net, right? And it's it's everything we hope for in this power play. Right. And we missed with Landis calling and Randon out. And right. Randon wasn't even part of this one. Right. And I would expect, and I think we've kind of been seeing this over the course of the last you know week and a half since Landy and Ranton came back, that you're like, exactly that. You're just like, oh, this is the power play, right? Like... Keep it going because, you know, sitting, I don't, I can't remember exactly where we are in power play in the league, but I think 13th or 14th or something. Uh, you'd expect with the firepower and the weapons we have, we'd be a little bit further up the list. But time will tell because I think, you know, going forward now, having these guys healthy, it's just a huge boost. And it's a special teams battle that I think we can win almost against every team. Just about. But again, it's a case of, you don't have – it's one thing on five-on-five five to not have cohesion in your lineup, but on your power play where you're straight up just – a lot of things – it's a lot of drawn-up plays that you're trying to work in a power play situation. Mm-hmm. That's when you definitely see the lineup changes like the Avs have seen this year hurt. Right. And the fact that Ran and Landeskog, McKinnon are healthy and on that line again – McCarr coming off that first power play hurts right at, at the moment, but but it, you know at the same time it's I guess Barry for some of the year would have quarterbacked that, but also Gerard did do a lot of that last sure. year too, so it's not a role that he's you know foreign to. Yeah, exactly. But good though, yeah, beautiful goal. Um, near the end of the first the first breakaway of the game, <laughs> yeah. it's not really a breakaway. Like yes, he's in alone. But he doesn't have control of the puck necessarily. But he blows by Rosen. And Rosen's, he's had a very tough year so far. Mm-hmm. Again, he hasn't played a lot, which hurts. Like, it, it doesn't help him, obviously. Yeah, it almost just seems like he's a little bit below pace. Yeah, which is generally what happens when you play seven games of 34. Yeah, for sure. Right? That doesn't help. Uh, Bednar's trying to get him in there. But at the same time, like, like right now, with Johnson out and McCarr out, mm-hmm. you have a couple of holes that need to be filled. It He's giving him an opportunity to get some ice time and get his NHL timing back maybe. Yeah. But playing him once a week is – it's pretty hard to get your feet. So yeah. don't, don't put Callie Rosen as a bust from the Cadre trade necessarily like i i wouldn't i wouldn't say he's just because of the way he's played i wouldn't say he's all of a sudden the abs ninth de- defenseman if they're healthy it's just a case of he needs some actual games like you know five or six games in a row would be nice but yeah again i'm not asking for that because i don't want to see the abs lose defensemen like that yeah right we shouldn't have to see him that much this is bad enough yeah 
And, you know, anything that he does positive this year is just kind of a bonus yeah. when it comes to that trade. So, hell, well, yeah, look, it's all co- good. The Caudry trade is certainly looking good with just Caudry for those two. It's paying off plenty. But, again, Hughes, Hughes beats Rosen, gets a partial breakaway. Frankie's up to the test because all he basically has to do is shut down the bottom of the net, and there we go. Yep. Uh, Avs go down. Or go into the first intermission up one nothing. Life is good. Mm-hmm. Pretty well right off the bat. Uh, in the second, I believe there was another breakaway. Was there not? Oh, probably. I think <laughs> I think it was forty five seconds in. Frankie made a huge stop. Yeah. I don't remember which. I don't know if it was a breakaway, but it was a hell of a save. Again. What was the shots in this one? Um. Uh, hello. You hook me up here, NHL. Thanks. 13 shots from Jersey to six by the Avs in the first. Real nice. Good job, guys. <laughs> way, to, way to show up. But then second period after that first little bit, the Avs go nuts and shoot 19 times in the second. Yeah. This is where they really took the opened game. up. This is where they took the game over pretty much. For sure. And we also see by the end of the period where um, Domingue gets yanked. I, I can't remember if he got yanked in the period or if he just didn't come out for the third. But that was a weird one because I was watching it, and we we know Nuke, our boy Nuke, gets himself his sixth of the year on a beauty play. What a freaking beauty! Uh, Barbario sends another stretch pass up to Nachushkin, and it's like so far behind Nachushkin, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and somehow he picks it up blind, just sticks his stick out, hits his, hits him backhand, is oh oh sweet thanks. I'll take this. And if you're Deming, this is unfortunate because it's a shot that you got to have as an NHL goalie, for sure. Yeah. It's a good shot. It's like 12 inches off the ice, just over the pad, just under the glove, and it's in. It's a squeaker. It's not great. Yeah, it's still a difficult save. But his defenseman screws him. Yeah. Sticking his stick out and just completely missing it. It's so hard to read that shot off the stick like that. Right. I remember you've talked about that before. It is so hard because you're almost subconsciously expecting the tip. So you're expecting it to be higher than it is. And then all of a sudden it's not. It doesn't hit anything. And you're just like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I got to catch up to this. Um, Plus, I guess it kind of like messes with the visual of the well, follow yeah, through right. kind of thing. And exactly, hundred like, percent. It miss, it messes with the the shot, like the read off the stick, like off the blade and stuff. Can kind of like it, it sounds stupid, and I said it before. You can you can kind of see like the slight variations on how the guy lets the shot go and where it's going. Mm-hmm. And if there's a stick in the way, you can't read that, and it it's just one extra little tidbit of information as a goalie to kind of see where the shot's coming and going. But Nichushkin, Nuke, crushing it. Killing it. It's his sixth goal, again, uh, sixth goal of the year. That's what, six goals in like... 11 games or yeah, something? Yeah, I was going to say 10 or 11. Jeez, he, yeah, like, he's just... Keep it up, buddy. Yeah. I, we don't need to talk about him again. Jeez, yeah. Just keep doing you, buddy. Keep doing you. Because what, that's uh, his 10th point of the year. 10th point of the year. Yeah. Getting rewarded for... Doing what he does best and playing hard every shift. Yeah, and you can... I just... I love watching him score, too, because he's so happy. I love when people just, you know, get real excited when they score, and he loves it. He loves to score, so... I think that's also a good sign, because you know that this guy is hungry for more. He's just getting a little taste here 
this guy could blow up here. Like, I'm not honestly going to be surprised if he puts up 20 goals this year, the pace that he's going right now. Yeah. If he gets 20 goals, that like how valuable is that to add yet another guy who's playing like third, fourth line minutes, putting up the, these kinds of numbers? Like, like Calvert's got six goals as well. Like, for this a, is crazy. For a whopping 850. Yeah. Dang. Like, not too shabby. <laughs> not too shabby a price on people or a lot a player that a lot of people kind of almost gave up on to being of like a solid third liner now. So yep. there there we go. Keep it up, Nuke. And before the end of the third, because you know, why not? It's this game. <laughs> Another breakaway. Breakaway. Uh, I can't remember who had it. For the Devils. Was it Hughes again? Maybe. I feel like he had two breakaways in this yeah, game. Yeah, it might have been him, actually. He's a freaking... He's He's got a, some talent. Now, he misses the net, whoever it was. Oh, right. This wasn't the Hughes one. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I can't remember either. But he has, he has the... Coleman puck. or something? Yeah, it might have been Coleman. He's got a wide open breakaway. It. I think it turned into a three on all. Just because of like how uh, Gerard fell down and... Gerard had a rough game. Yeah, he was not... He was not hot on yeah. Friday. Um, but, yeah, so he, he freaking falls down at the blue line. Coleman, I th- we'll go with that. I think Coleman was the one. I think it was. Right. He gets the breakaway and then <laughs> just bobbles the puck. Makes a pretty nice move, but Frankie had him the whole way. Yeah. Like, Frankie sprawls out. He's got the whole bottom of the net covered, and it just kind of flub- fumbles off Coleman's stick and in yeah. the corner. Took that angle off really But I nice. just – I don't think he's bearing that even if he gets a shot because getting it up that high over his pad – Right. That close and in tight, I don't think it's going to happen. hmm We're going to go positive Friday and say, hell yeah, Frankie would have stopped that. Okay? Okay. Yep. Uh, that's the basically the end of the second. Again, Frankie plays – Unreal on the shots against that he has to. Yep. Like we kind of said, right? Shots in the second are 19-9. But the nine that he got, they're not just outside shots because the Avs just, their defensive game on Friday night was just not there. Right, totally. On the, the, like, heavy-duty scoring chances. Mm -hmm. They they had nine shots in the second. Really did something right. But they also didn't. They weren't tight enough to stop breakaways, which is brutal. Right. If you play a team like St. Louis on Monday like that, you're going to get burned. Yeah. People will capitalize on that team. So, yeah, limit those a little bit more would be nice. And, you know, I, I feel like with talking about Gerard and, you know, he kind of had a little bit of a brain fart of a game. I think you, you can really tell how much he misses playing with Johnson. Because Johnson gives you that extra little security back there. And we miss him. We need you back. We need our players back. <laughs> when do we have a healthy roster? Have we had one game, maybe other than the first game of the year? Even though I think Cole was out or first. whatever. I think it was like the ninth game of the year or something. <laughs> yeah. Someday. Ridiculous. One day. Uh, third period starts. Again, not the best. Not the best av start for the third. But again, they they prevail, if you want to call it that. Jersey just doesn't score. Frankie plays great again. Yeah. Uh, the Avs actually end up with a breakaway in the third. Right. Crazy. Don't score because 
why not? Actually, it was a nice save. Uh, I think it was a shoulder save by uh, Blackwood. Right. Who uh, came into the game. I kind of forgot to circle oh, yeah, back right. on that. Um, Deming, Deming played okay. Like he, he lets in that second goal from Burakovsky, but he doesn't get pulled after that. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of watching it, kind of not. And then all of a sudden, I look back, and Blackwood's in the net, and Deming's out, and they hadn't scored, and I was very confused. Right. Well, it turns out now that Deming's on the IR, and he actually really did hurt himself, which it didn't look that bad. I saw a gif of it later on Twitter, and it was he went down butterfly, kind of opened up a little bit, like not at all spread, like not a very big spread at all, and just tweaked something. It's almost kind of reminiscent of how Grubauer just went down, I exactly. guess, Exactly, right? yeah. It, it happens, just, right? It is brutal. And for Jersey, where they just don't seem to have goaltending, they have Blackwood, and that's it. Ever since Broder was gone, it's just yeah. kind of been a vacant spot there. They had one season of Corey Schneider, and it's just gone down the tubes. Right. Yeah, he kind of just fell out of everything. So. But Blackwood was good. Blackwood was very good in this game. Yeah. I think he went 12 for 12 on, uh, on shots. Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? Because the Avs... It, final score is 3-1. They end up scoring an empty netter. So I guess like probably 11 saves, really. Uh, oh, he had 17. Oh, oh, 19 shots, actually. Oh, so he came so in he came in the in. second. Oh, yeah, 10 minutes in, roughly. 29 minutes ice time. There you go. must have been a commercial timeout. Yeah, maybe. Or something. That's a weird one. Uh, I don't. I don't honestly don't remember him going in and stuff like that. It's I probably should. Yeah. It's my bad. But, again... Freaking Avs, Frankie, making all these breakaway saves, playing a great game, keeping the Avs up 2 nothing, mm-hmm. And Gerard puts it in his own net. Yeah. Of course, you know, might as well put an exclamation point on just, like, the fact he's not having a great game. And then, of course, something like this would happen. And it's just, like, you know, I, I you can't totally blame him because, you know, you don't want to let a – cross seam pass go into the slot without any hindrance well but yeah like, so it's like ugh. if you watch on the highlights zadorov i believe yeah it was zadorov he's behind gerard has his man in front of that but at the same time like gerard's not looking that way he's looking at his man mm-hmm. does his best to keep the puck out from the slot because generally speaking you let the puck in the slot you're gonna have a bad time right but he only gets enough to just direct it into the five just hole. Tip of it perfectly. <laughs> Get Mirko Mueller his first goal of the season. Why not? Whoever right? that is. Why not? <laughs> Actually, I think he had a decent year last year. Uh-huh. Like I don't think he was good, but I think he had like ten goals or something. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's super unfortunate for Frankie. Get the guy a shutout, guys. Seriously, it's got to happen this year at some point. It's got. I, I know it's gonna. Right, like Frankie ends up with a nine seventy four in this game. Should have been a not, should have been a one thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. For it him. is unfortunate for sure. It's he it deserves to get that little bit of extra credit, you know. Exactly, because he hasn't had an NHL shutout yet, and yeah. he deserves one for sure. With it's a coming. record, with a record like that, and we said it. This is now, I think, three or four games in a row of no Frankie squeaker. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's turned a corner where he just focused from the beginning. Yeah. Whoa. Hell. What a thought. You know, that's probably a big mental, well, a possible mental, you know, little block that he had. Well, it's probably one of those things where it's, because again, it's not like it's the first shot of the game. 
that goes in. So it's not like he's. I don't got, think it's ever. It's not. Yeah, like it's not. It's not like he's got the the yips when it comes to like. Oh my god, I gotta stop the first one. I gotta stop the first one. But it's kind of a case where he just isn't quite there in the first, and then lets it in. And he's like, "Okay, hey, what the hell?" Kind of like, yeah. I'm an NHL goalie. Get this garbage out of here. Yeah. Yeah, the mental process kind of, you know. But the Avs, Avs hold on. Uh, Mac ends up getting an easy empty netter. Yep. His 20th of the year. 20th, 50th point. Yeah, 20th goal of the year, 50th point. What a beauty. On an actual really nice empty netter, actually. like. Yeah, it was a good, like, breakout. and Good breakout, break-in, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was very nice. I about as, good you as you can, about as good as you can get an empty under to be. Yeah, when you got that opportunity to, you know, really put the game away, you do it. Yeah. And that's exactly. how you do it. Um, so, yeah, that's 8-0-1 in the last nine. Yeah. Nice little streak. Um, trying not to jinx ourselves because the last time we were here and we had a St. Louis game coming up, we talked to Tom from Blue Notes and... Shit went sideways. Yeah, yeah. It didn't go exactly as kind of all of us were predicting. The game didn't go as planned. The next six games? I think yeah, that's was, that go. was our little uh, slouch of the year. Yeah. Kind of. That was the big slump time. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do our best not to jinx ourselves and uh, talk to Tom here. Good vibes, good vibes. So uh, enjoy yeah. the enjoy the interview and we'll catch you back after. All right, everyone. So this week on Across the Rink, we have a very special guest from the Blue Notes pod. Uh, Tom Franklin is joining us. How's it going, Tom? From one central division leader to another, uh, I say hello, and uh, I'm doing good, guys. That's nice. good. Yeah, it's, uh, we might as well start there. It's a pretty similar situation for the Avs uh, heading into St. Louis this time as we are our first chat of the year. The Avs are on a heater. The Blues are not not saying they're on a. They're, they're, the Blues aren't exactly in the same position as last time, but up and down, up and down as usual. Yeah, as usual. Um, good to see. Good to see uh, the Avs back on top. You know, for now, it's going to be a hell of a game on Monday for sure. Playing for first, <laughs> yeah, it it, it it will be. It's it's going to be a good game. It's 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 between two teams that. You know, getting here, I mean, the similarities are, are pretty amazing. I mean, both teams have needed to rely on depth at various points of the year just because of injuries. Um, both teams have a really cracking first line. Both teams have a come-out-of-nowhere goalie that's stealing the headlines this year. I mean, it's just what what more do you want? Exactly, yeah. It's been a, it's been a really tight race in that central, too. Um, one player that I really wanted to talk to you about uh, considering the year that David Perron is having, uh, for a guy that had 46 points in last season, and he's already got 30 points, 12 goals, 18 assists in 34 games. You know, he's never really, I don't think, scored at this kind of pace. Uh, what is it that he's loving so much about these St. Louis Blues as he returns to the team once again? Well, David Perron loves playing in St. Louis just in general. I mean, we we tried to get rid of him twice and he keeps coming back. Yeah, so, right. I mean, that's, you know, that, that you know that that's one one issue there, but uh, no. Uh I think the real difference with David Perron this year it, it, it's simply two words, Ryan O'Reilly. 
Um, Perron and O'Reilly have played next to each other uh, all year long. They have such a good chemistry that at the uh, Blues Halloween party this year, Ryan O'Reilly dressed up as David Perron, and David Perron <laughs> dressed up as Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> And the two did not, and the two had no idea they're going to dress up as each other. Oh no oh, way! It was, no way! It, it was, it was so, it, it was, it was so, so unbelievable. And it was, it just, it just goes to show you that those two have just incredible chemistry together. And you know, I mean, I know you guys remember Ryan O'Reilly from his days in Colorado. You know, he he he's a good playmaking center, and I think that's kind of turned David Perron more into a bit of more of a shooter than he's been in his career. I mean, you know, if you look back at Perron's career, he's only had a couple of seasons where he's cracked the 20 goal mark, uh, 28 goals in Edmonton in 2013, 14. But um, and then, you know, last year he had 23 as well. But he's been really firing a lot more shots in that lately, playing with a lot more confidence. And, you know, Perron was a guy during his last couple tours of duty with St. Louis that kind of frustrated me at times. He tends to make dumb penalties, which he still does. Um, but he's all, he, he had some, he was very inconsistent. He was very up and down. He would go weeks and just completely disappear from the score sheet. And then he would come back with a flurry, uh, kind of reminded me a lot of Jeff Cortnall in, in, in that kind of a sense. But since he's come back to the blues on this third stint coming from Vegas, after having that big year with Vegas, he's, he's a different player than he was before he left. He's, he's grown up, he's matured a lot he's still a ham i mean the guy is an absolutely you know i love whenever i get to go to the locker room and he's one of the guys we get to talk to because he is he's he's a free spirit uh to, to say the least the journalist's dream yeah he really is he, <laughs> he, he he's he's very fun to be around um and just but yeah his game in general has matured a lot and i think a lot of that just simply has to do with the fact that he has found really good chemistry with ryan o'reilly I just want to go back a little bit. As fans, you see what we're dealing with over the last week with the Akeem Alou stuff. If you dress up as someone for Halloween, <laughs> it's okay. Just don't do it with blackface. Yeah. Seems, seems yeah, crazy. It's fine. <laughs> it's uh, fine. Yeah, never go never go blackface, no, guys. I no. mean, don't don't be like Roddy Piper in in, in the WWF. Yeah, the, it's it's not it's not a good look anymore. It probably wasn't a good look then either. No, it wasn't. He he did this thing where he was like in half blackface and like half himself, and and the funny thing about that was, um, I mean, the, his act wasn't funny. But uh, you know, after the match was over, he had against another another uh, a black individual. Uh, he had to fly home, and he couldn't get like the black paint off of him. That was on the half of his face. He couldn't. It, apparently, it stayed on him for like a week afterwards. Smart. So it's like not only so not not only you know was he you know casually racist, but he had to wear that for like the next week. It's a solid investment choice. Yeah, very solid. I I feel bad for this question. I'm just gonna put it out there first and foremost. But I have to ask. Uh, knock on wood. I'm. I swear to God, I'm not trying to jinx anything. Jaden Schwartz has played every game this season. Mm. yes are you blown away by that i am just because it's jaden schwartz i mean jaden <laughs> right. schwartz i mean it seems like everyone on the blues has had at least a little bit of a, a stint uh on the disabled list this year jaden schwartz has stayed healthy knock on wood because you know with him that that's always subject to change um 
you know, the thing with Jaden Schwartz this year, I mean, yeah, he's played 34 games this year, nine goals, 14 assists. The thing with Jaden Schwartz uh, is you, you would like to see those numbers a little higher. I was going to say, I was going to say normally, normally his numbers are better than that. Yeah. He's, he's got some consistency issues of his own and not only that, but I, you know, just watching him play, he's also got incredibly bad luck. I mean, because he seems to be a, that guy that gets a really absolutely prime scoring chance every game and just finds some way to cock it up. Um, it's, 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 and, and you feel bad for the guy I mean, when, when he does. I mean, it's, 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 it's not for any lack of effort. It's not for any lack of talent. He just, just something always seems to happen with him where he just, you know, blunders a little bit. But he is one of those guys where, like, where others have stepped up, you know, Schwartz has kind of generally stayed you know, playing his own game. Uh, he's still a good player. Don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, yeah, you want to see a little more out of him. And I, I have to wonder if his past injury issues kind of like they did with Robbie Fabry have taken a little bit of a, a toll on him. Yeah. It's very, very possible, especially like the kinds of injuries he's had. Yeah. They generally don't come back to a hundred percent. No. And, and there, and, and I, I still get the feeling he's dealing with at least one or two, but he's, he's, he's playing through them right now. Well, uh, we've kind of talked about this before the recording during your recording. We might as well touch on it again. Uh, yeah. seems like the biggest news in our division, at least in our corner of the world, it seems, but Taylor Hall is on the market. Oh, that guy. If, if he didn't know he's on the market, <laughs> <laughs> I really, I mean, I mean, you, you go on Twitter and you'd have no idea. Yeah, none. Right. No, 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 none. None. Um, none. I think it's kind of died down for both of our teams uh, with the Avs seemingly potentially out of talks, or at least the the price is too high, which Jared and I have both said we agree with. Uh, what do you think from a St. Louis Blue standpoint about the Taylor Hall rumors? I would love to have Taylor Hall on the St. Louis Blues. I think any fan in hockey would love to have Taylor Hall on their team. It's a, you know, it's a EA Sports NHL 20 GM mode kind of a dream to have a guy like that on your team. But we've got to deal with the practicality of the situation here and that is the St. Louis Blues still do not have Alex Petrangelo re-signed after this season. He is their captain. He is a big part of uh, what makes that team what they are. And you have to pay the guy. You have to pay him more than what he's paying now. So that's one issue. The other issue is just a simple fact that if any team, whether it's the Blues or anyone else, were to trade for Taylor Hall at this stage of the season, it's going to be a mint. You're going to have to give up a guy that you are going to regret giving up later on down the road. It's just a fact. I have heard for like you guys, for instance, I've heard Bowen Byram's name mentioned a couple times in uh, possible uh, Taylor Hall trade talks for the blues side. I have heard, you know, Jake Allen, which, you know, I'm, I'm not going to cry about too much, but um, we've also heard like someone was trying to spread the rumor about Robert Thomas going to the New Jersey devils. You don't deal Robert Thomas in that type of deal. Just, in the same vein that you don't deal with Clem Costin or Jordan Cairo because not only is there no guarantee that you resign Taylor Hall, but it's a high price to pay for a guy that's going to walk after the end of the year. And, you know, I, I kind of, when I, I talked about on my podcast a little bit with you guys, 
you know, with when you get a guy like Taylor Hall, you know you're getting a very talented forward. But as we know with chemistry, you know, the Blues, you know, I just got done talking about how the how Perron's game is lifted up because he found the right guy to play with. Uh, we've talked about how, you know, the likes of uh, Burakovsky and uh, Donskoy and Chushkin are flying for you guys because they have the right chemistry now to, you know, finally lift up their games. There's no guarantee that you bring in a dynamic player like Taylor Hall into a team like the St. Louis Blues that is a tight core and it doesn't mess him up and it doesn't mess up the Blues as a whole as well because you have to find a way to adapt to him and adapt and Hall has to adapt to you as well. Um, I look back to in the mid 90s when the St. Louis Blues acquired Wayne Gretzky uh, from the L.A. Kings. The idea was to pair him up with Brett Hall. You know, you're thinking about, you know, the one of the best dynamic scores of that era teamed up with probably the best playmaking center in NHL history. Oh, my God, what a pairing this is going to be. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Not really. Not <laughs> re- they, they really they did not click. I mean, I, and I think part I mean, I think there was a little bit of ego in that because Brett Hall has an ego and Wayne Gretzky, while he's a little more humble, he still has an ego as well. So you can't be uh, the best player ever and not have an ego. Exactly. Exactly. So and and, and, that, and that's the thing with the blues here is like, OK, you bring in Taylor Hall. Do you try to pair him up with an O'Reilly and Perron and try to mess with that chemistry? Do you uh, try to pair him up on the first line when Tarasenko comes back and try to see if those two can play well together? It's it's the same issue that, you know, the Blues had with and are still having to a degree with Justin Falk is that the Blues acquired Justin Falk right before the season. And they're still trying to figure out where he best fits into this team. That and looks you, it, like the worst trade ever. It's not. <laughs> he, he's been playing better. He scored his second goal. Uh, he actually scored the, uh, it was a game winner last night. And, you know, uh, he actually hasn't been playing bad. He's been playing fine defensively. Yes, the money and terms a concern. It was a concern then. It's a concern now. Uh, but Falk's starting to emerge a little bit to the point where I don't think he's going to be the worst signing ever. Um, and, and, and for the price the Blues played, paid for him, I don't think they'll regret anyone they, they gave up for him particularly. Um, just with Falk, but, but again, it kind of goes to what I was saying you know, with, with uh, Taylor Hall is that you bring in such dynamic talent to a tight team like the Blues, and you're going to have issues. And, uh, and, and, you know, with Falk, at least you have a full season to iron out those issues with a Taylor Hall, you don't. Right. I think like we've talked about that a lot with, uh, you know, the Avs interest in Hall or the, you know, mirage that there is interest there, um, is that, you know, if we were to bring in Hall, where does he slot in exactly? Because we have our perfection line, if you want to call that, uh, for, for our first line. Do you put him in for Landeskog? Like that moves Landeskog down. Now we're now we're shuffling our second lineup. It's just you know, kind of reiterating what you're saying. It it, it might mess with the mojo a little bit. Well, and bit. it's the same thing. We've yeah, like Jared said, we've talked about it. If you if you move Landeskog off that first line, sure, you give Taylor Hall the minutes, but Landeskog's just fine up there. Yeah. Well, if you don't do that and you put Taylor Hall on the second line, yes, it may help your second line, but all of a sudden you're paying that price for a second line winger. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's that stuff where you're just like, man, does it really make sense? 
this change for the sake of change. And at the same time, we're not going to be like, oh, bad, change is bad, change is bad. But when your team <laughs> is doing what they're doing, whether it's the Blues or the Avs, it just doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't either. It makes far more sense for a team like an Arizona to be in the mix on him where you have prospects to burn and you have a desire to take what's been a good year for them, their first in a while, and really make something out of it. You know, you you know, Coyotes fans are probably thinking, hey, this may be what gets Phil Kessel going finally is putting Taylor Hall on the same line with him. Or maybe you're in Buffalo and, you know, a team that's kind of in the same boat as Arizona where you're finally getting results on the ice and a Taylor Hall on the first line might work out just fine for you and not really disrupt things too much. Um, you know, thinking of, you know, Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel playing together. That's Ooh, that's know, a that, potentially very scary duo right there as well. That is that is frightening yeah. to think about. But you but in those two teams, you have that spot for a hall to go into exactly and 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 maximize. Whereas for the blues and for your abs, it's he's a nice piece to have. Yeah. You know, but but you don't pay top prospects like a Bowen Byram or a Clem Costin for a nice piece to have. I'm still on the opinion of the absolute best place for him to go from a content perspective is the Oilers. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. <laughs> because just, I... him going back there would be hilarious, and then hopefully the Oilers just destroying themselves from the inside would just be... Oh. They're in the process of that already. They've right. been sinking. They've been sinking like a stone in the standings. And and as a fellow as a fellow man who also likes to watch the world burn, uh, that that's also a great destination for Taylor Hall. Absolutely. I mean, and especially because it's the Oilers. So you throw some oil oil on that fire. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Right. It's the best. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Um. So I guess now we can talk about a little bit more about the game at hand. Yeah, Monday night. So tonight, for those listening on Monday, what do you expect to be the storyline from tomorrow night? Aside from the fact that it's for first in the central, it's going to be a question for Blues fans of which team shows up, because there has been that question lately. The Blues are going through a period where they're, they're suddenly playing well again. I mean, they beat Vegas in Vegas 4-2 to two Thursday night. Uh, looked pretty good in that game. Uh, Saturday, they stumbled. I mean, they had a good first period against the Blackhawks, just couldn't convert. And then the Blackhawks go up 3 nothing, and you think it's over. And then all of a sudden, the Blues come back with four in the third period. Um, before then you had some pretty bad losses, uh, for the, uh, for the blues, they lost to Buffalo in Buffalo. They lost to Toronto and then they lost to Pittsburgh, uh, leading up, uh, three straight there. So I, I, I think really it, it's just a question of, you know, was the outburst they showed in the third period Saturday against Chicago, is that them coming out of this funk that they were in a little bit? I mean, Look, it's it's hockey. Every team, you know, whether you're good or you're bad, you go through bad stretches of play. And this has been kind of that stretch for the Blues where I feel like they've weathered the storm of injuries this year with Tarasenko, Steen, and Blay, and uh, others pretty well. But then it's just it feels like okay, is 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 the moxie running out? I mean, is is it has it been too much? Is is it finally catching up to them a little bit now? 
I say that as Alex Dean is back in the lineup now for the Blues. Um, it looks like that, uh, let's see, Sunquist is back in the lineup as well. Barbashev got dinged up Saturday. He may not play Monday night. Uh, hopefully he's not out too long. But it's like now they're getting healthy a little bit. They're still without Tarasenko, obviously. So the, the, the question for me going into this, uh, this very tough game Monday night is which team shows up. Is this the team that lost 5-2 to two in Buffalo on Tuesday, or is this the team that won 4-2 to two in Vegas two nights later? And I honestly couldn't tell you which team's going to show up. It's weird. I just don't I, know. I've almost, I've almost heard that answer before. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go yeah. check that answer out in the first version of it, check out Tom's last episode with us on the Offside by Mile podcast. Can you remember that was, when that was? What was that, episode six, like five or seven? six, something like that? Yeah, it was early. pretty early on, yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, and it's just the one thing about being a Blues fan is that you can never be 100% confident that disaster is not going to you know, be around the corner. That's, you know, it's, uh, just, it's just part of being a Blues fan. Yeah, I think that's part of being a hockey fan. Yeah. We, so we I, were kinda, I don't think it's unique. We touched on it earlier. Unique. The Red Wings beat the Winnipeg Jets, who seemingly haven't stumbled all year with the roster that they had, and then all of a sudden they lose to the Red Wings. <laughs> can I can I yeah. say as well that you know before the season, you know when we're we're all kind of taking a look at the uh, you know how the season's going to play out, we're making our Central Division predictions. I thought Winnipeg was going to be on the way down this year. Oh, hundred percent. I, I, I did I thought that you know they had the uh, contract issues with uh, Con- uh, uh, Connor and uh, Line A all season, and you know I, they didn't really make any additions. They had some cap issues. Hollywood Buck, some questions about him. Had some big deductions in the roster too. Exactly, and yet here we are. They're yeah. right up there, and I feel like in this, in in, in a way, they've kind of traded places with Nashville this year. In yeah. that, I thought I thought it was going to be Blues, Avs, Stars, and Predators at the right. Uh, right, you know, pretty much at each other's throats all year. Nashville, they haven't shown up to the party at all. I mean, I have no idea what's going on with them. They're basically at, a five hundred hockey team, which is absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen that. No, in they're quite not. A few years. It's it, it's just baffling. I mean, I. I, I, I had thought, you know, I had wondered going into the season, like, okay, you know, Pecorine, he's 36 years old. I mean, is the clock ticking on him? It's not necessarily been him. It's just they can't get going for whatever no, reason. No, it's – it's a, I agree. It's a very strange situation in Nashville, but I'll take it. I will too because uh, <laughs> I hate Nashville. So, it's, <laughs> it's you know, I, I went to Nashville late last uh, – actually, it was on Thanksgiving week, as a matter of fact, uh, last month. And I went to the Blues Predators game in Nashville. And uh, let me tell you something. Bridgestone Arena in Nashville is one of the weirdest places I've ever seen a hockey game in. The arena is nice. And don't get me wrong. And most of the Predators fans that I talked to were pretty cool and chill. I mean, just good, you know, laid back ten- uh, Tennessee folk. Right. Um, but the presentation of the game uh, I mean, the, the PA guy was very screamy. They played country music all the time. It was just weird. It, <laughs> it was like weird. my kind of place. And, and I know you have an audio guy there in Brett. It, it, it's, it, it's fun if you're, a, if you're a Nashville fan, but uh, they definitely don't let uh, opposing teams uh, off the hook very uh, 
uh, very easily there. So it's a tough place to play if you're an opponent. It's definitely a place but, that uh, I want to go yeah. try out a game and go watch. Now, if you if you don't live in the Nashville area, you cannot buy a ticket. Really? I but they have a they have a deal in Tennessee where it's illegal to scalp tickets if you have a license. Huh. So you would have to go there either buy a ticket off a of StubHub or go find a scalper on the streets that he can buy from legally. But if you went to like, you know, predators.nhl.com, you can't buy a ticket that way. Interesting. It's just for Nashville fans. I've never seen a never seen any team do that ever in any sport. Yeah, that's, like maybe they kind of do that in the playoffs every once in a while, but even then, you That's know? all well and good until you get 10,000 people in your rink. <laughs> yeah that well that's true that's true yeah and, and it's uh, having been a fan of the now former st louis rams and whenever the bears and the packers and Steelers will come into town it may as well have been a road game <laughs> so I, I i get the idea and i mean and i know it comes from an era when nashville they had trouble marketing hockey but it's just it's just weird well and it's got it's got a very college atmosphere in that building too it does it does it it's it's uh um, it, it just, it's just a bunch of good old boys, you know, enjoying their country music and, uh, oh, by the way, there's a hockey game going on too. <laughs> and, and, and they, and they have this like special section too. I think it's like section 303 where you have like the die, the, the, the most diehard of the diehard fans. And they're the ones that create all these like really weird, wacky, wild chants during the game. Right. It's, just, oh, it's fun. Interesting. It's fun. It, 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 but it, it, it got on my nerves a little bit. <laughs> it got on my nerves just a tad. All right. Well, since uh, Jared and I uh, chinsed out on the prediction segment of your Ooh. podcast, we're not going to ask you because we're going to be <laughs> we're going to be nice. I just I'm too superstitious for this, Tom. Last time we were here, things went sideways for the Avs after, and they're on a they're, we're on a heater, eight one and one in the last ten. I can't I sure. can't. Uh, I can't do something to jeopardize that. Right. So the only the only thing I'll say is that with with Makar being out for you guys and with Bennington being just okay lately, I do think this game will lean on the side of offense, and I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I Absolutely. agree. I can't wait for Monday night for sure. It's it, these are the top two teams in the Central Division. I don't see anyone else getting into the top two conversations. So it's going to be, as you said, I think this could be very well a second round preview. Right. Well, uh, anything to plug, Tom? Well, I'm going to have these guys on from this podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. It's called Offside by a Mile. You guys may have heard of it. Um, they're going to talk about this game. They're play. Uh, they're going to play this week. Um, I don't know. I think it's Monday nights enterprise center. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, besides that, uh, I'm going to have some more Taylor hall talk and just how it relates to the blues and, you know, whether or not the juice is worth the squeeze. And then, um, also kind of talk about what's going on in the farm. I have a down on the farm report every Monday where I look into the blues, AHL field and see how some of the kids are doing down there. So, uh, that's all on Blue Notes this week, and uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blue Notes Pod. Awesome. Well, uh, we thanks, we thanks, we thank you for coming. <laughs> we thanks on. you. We thanks you for coming on. And um, <laughs> we thanks you, precious. This is a good chat. And we'll uh, we'll give you your good luck, but not so much good luck too on the way back. <laughs> right, right back at you. Right on. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks again to Tom from Blue Notes. It's always a fun interview with him. 
before we head out here, it's been a long one. Hope you stuck around. Uh, the Avs play the Blackhawks on Wednesday. Yeah. Which is going to be an interesting one. They've, they're still a weird team. They're, they kind of got that once in a while vibe too. Like we're saying, St. Louis is kind of up and down all the time. Like, sorry, up and down all the time, quote unquote, like they're first in the central at the moment. Um, but the Blackhawks have these games where they're like, oh my God, all of a sudden they're the Stanley Cup champion Blackhawks of old all of a sudden. So again, it's not a trap game. It shouldn't be a trap game. Could be uh, standings wise. Mm-hmm. But the Blackhawks are still, they still have really good talent. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta be on your toes still. They still have that, you know, Kane to brink at and I guess Strom line now. And their uh, goaltending is still solid too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We all know what happened in the uh, the home and home against the Blackhawks. What was that two weeks ago? Something like that. Um, played some really good games against them. Uh, so hopefully that carries on into this one. Let's go three and zero. Yep. Uh, their power play is solid still. Well, sorry, solid. Same as ours. <laughs> <laughs> Ish, I guess. It's not not quite there, but um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. Stay out of the box. Be smart. You know, keep Kane off the board. It'll be another another big game for Zadorov. I was just going to say, yeah. Right? He'll have... I'm sure he'll have that duty. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have the O'Reilly-Shen-ish maybe line, like Shen and Schwartz. Mm-hmm. That's probably who I'd pair him up against on Monday with if I was Bednar. Easier said than done. But I would definitely expect him to play against the Kane and Debrinkat line on Wednesday for sure. Yeah. But again, he's been solid on the defensive game for the last little bit here, and uh, I think I think it's time he keeps showing it. Yeah. Also, another thing we didn't talk about yet: um, Makar and Johnson are not going on the two-game trip here to St. Louis and to Chicago. Yeah. So at the very least, they are out of the lineup until Carolina on Thursday night. Or sorry, they'll be in Denver, but against Carolina. Uh, we should see. And then again, Saturday night's Chicago as well. So yeah, that'll geez. be our Thursday night previews. Oh, sorry, Thursday episode previews. But until then, uh, go Avs and let's not start skidding again because St. Louis is here. Right. <laughs> let's go. Good luck to the Avs, and we will catch you on Thursday. Don't forget to visit us on Twitter at Offside by a Mile to join our conversation and have your voice heard. Also, check out the rest of the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can listen to the podcast there or anywhere you get your podcasts from. The biggest thing you can do to support us is by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and giving us a five-star rating. Also, if you're looking to donate to the network, visit the Hockey Podcast Network's Patreon page. All donations go straight to the podcast host. Thanks, and see you next episode. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.